You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, March 1st. That's right. We're in March. Brand new month. Spring training, baby. As always, I am your host with sometimes, possibly, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes, guys. You might be familiar with some of my work in places like Baseball FYI or Friars on Base in terms of baseball or some of my movie-related stuff at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, etc. You can check out the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Be sure to hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them and maybe even answer them right here on the show. Today's show, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. For today's episode, guys, it is the first of, we're going back daily, five days a week, baby. This is exciting times, and to start things off, I'm speaking with Zach Kreiser of uh, Yahoo Sports. He's a baseball editor, and he wrote the Padres uh, essay for Baseball Prospectus's annual uh, 2021 issue. It's a fun conversation, fun short chat. Uh, we'll get into that, and it's going to be cool. From now on, the shows, they're going to be having a little bit, most shows are actually going to have a little bit longer, I'd say, from now on, that you guys should expect. So after this uh, interview, actually, at the end of the podcast stay tuned i'm going to be sharing some of my thoughts on the spring training game from sunday just some of my thoughts some of the box score do a little recap of that and then yeah talk about future episodes of the show so without further ado guys let's get this party started all right everybody um as prophesized as promised i'm being joined by a fellow who's written who's written who's written at a bunch of different play who ms said uh baseball prospectus and He's really great. He's good at doing the whole writing thing. He wrote an article that I was looking up, a really fun one about uh, pitchers uh, and batting stances and whatnot from a few years ago that I really enjoyed. I'm being joined by Mr. Zach Kreiser. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, it's baseball's coming back. We're we're almost there. We're at the, um, I guess, the end of the beginning. No, hold on. The beginning of the beginning, uh, I guess, for this whole thing. And it's really exciting. And the reason I wanted to have you on is because you wrote uh, for this year for Baseball Prospects Annual 2021 Edition, uh, the story on the Padres. So let's just get right into it. What was it like writing that? Uh, it was a plum assignment this year uh, with the Padres. Uh I mean, I think in the in the essay, I mentioned how uh, in 2020, they sort of became everyone's second favorite team. You know, that was their Mm -hmm. identity last year, this new upstart. You know, there was something totally different to watch that uh, everyone, you know, there's not a ton of people that hate the Padres. uh, So they they just became the the team that everyone was watching when their team wasn't playing. And so. I think going into this off season and I started writing this, you know, for context, the BP annual, it goes to press in, uh, I think early February, late January. So mm-hmm. we do these essays starting usually around the postseason. So, uh, 
this was pre didn't know that Blake Snell was coming. Didn't know that you Darvish was going to get <laughs> traded. You know, I was, I was writing yeah. about the, uh, the upcoming version of the Padres as if it was mostly the, uh, the 2020 Padres just over a full season or older, whatever, more mature. Um, and eventually those trades happened and that got worked into the essay, but <laughs> it was this, you know, it was a basically an exercise in writing about a team that just went from, nothing to huge expectations just really really fast you know became a central character in the sport uh over basically one weird covid shortened summer and now going into 2021 they are a you know one of the top four teams probably in terms of uh you know they have the dodgers issue but in terms of contending for a world series title and the most talented team you know they're they're one of the the really big contenders so it's just like a shock to the system and a Mm -hmm. total reframing of how uh, Padres fans I assume uh, think about it so that was uh, kind of the the thing I went in thinking about yeah and I mean it's just everyone just just take a moment to like reflect on that like we're talking about a team that's projected top four at the minimum the San Diego Padres and they make all these moves I actually think it's funny you mentioned you know before all the trades happen is when you start working on the piece like I feel like writing grand encapsulating things or talking about the Padres in a big way is going to be actually tricky because AJ Powell is a lunatic and the guy I just think is interested in probably anyone who's good at baseball, which is a lot of people, obviously. So it's very funny to see them kind of have this incredible, basically from December, end of the off season or end of the year, I should say, uh, just have all these trades, the Blake Snell trade, you Darvish trade, which I've gushed, gushed about on the podcast for forever. It feels like, and it's really just a team. Like you said, got went from being nothing to all of a sudden this media darling and the second favorite team for a lot of people. Hopefully it stays that way. This is a, you know, in sports, oftentimes, I feel like we have all these teams that, you know, we grow to like, and then all of a sudden, like a year later, it could be any sport too. It could be the the Warriors in basketball, right? Uh, even the Royals in baseball, I think, were a little bit like that too, where they became the darlings of small ball. And then they, you know, a bunch of things start happening the next year. People aren't as high on them as they usually are. So hopefully they could keep that up. What was like a move, if there was a move, honestly, that the Padres made, was there one that surprised you the most, do you think? Uh, from this offseason or one that surprised you the least if there's something that didn't surprise you uh, just what was it kind of looking like from your perspective on the Padres this offseason I, I was certainly not surprised that they went out and acquired a star starting pitcher you know that was like a uh, a basic need of that the lineup was well stocked and ascendant and you know a lot of things were going right there and then the pitching was good but less reliable and obviously with Clevenger being out for the year, they basically had to readdress a need that they had just addressed. Mm-hmm. So that didn't come as a surprise. The fact that they got two of them or, you know, two real aces. And then also mm-hmm. Joe Musgrove, who, you know, probably a number three type who has the potential for more, but that was uh, at first I thought is to Nelson Lamette. Okay. Uh, that mm-hmm. was one yep. thought. And then, you know, at some point it's like maybe Preller is just really just going for it. It's not yeah. really about Lamette at all. Um, so I, I think the some combination of Kim and Jurics and Profar coming back, uh, that was where it skipped over to does AJ Preller know about a roster expansion that we are not familiar <laughs> with? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's it's a really it speaks to the ambition, and that's sort of what people like about the Padres right now. And I think, unfortunately, that's not going to get old in baseball. Is that they are shooting for a higher target than it seems like most teams are shooting for. You know, uh, a greater number of baseball teams than we would like right now are shooting for you know 90 wins and hoping for the right you know error bars so that they end up in the playoffs and the Padres are shooting for 105 wins and Mm -hmm. hoping that they dethrone the Dodgers uh which you can argue about whether that's the best use of resources when there's possibly going to be expanded playoffs in the near future and all that but the excitement of it is just inarguably interesting and the the goal of being not just in the playoffs, not just not just winning a World Series, but trying to set up this era of uh, excellence is, you know, it is a it is a ledge. It put it, it's putting them out there, but it's mm-hmm. a really interesting challenge that he's <laughs> undertaking, basically for himself. Uh, but. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, and then when you add in the Tatis deal, which is not mentioned in the essay because it obviously just happened, but that all of it just sets up this way that the team sees itself as entering kind of a golden era as opposed to just like trying to build a one-off, you know, 90-win team, which is refreshing. All right, guys, got to pause for a quick old second and talk to you about betonline.com. A-G. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, obviously, as of like a month ago now. Crazy that that was like a month ago. Uh, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, along with MLB futures and stuff. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And furthering on in terms of sports stuff, but instead of sports betting and stuff, I want to talk to you guys about a a brand new podcast from the network. It is locked on today. You know, on here, we're talking all things Padres and all things baseball and stuff. But when it comes to all of your other sports news, Locked On has you covered. It is Locked On today, hosted by the great, sensational, and magnificent one, Peter Bukowski. And it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. That's right. Sip, pour your cup of coffee, drive to work. You're already covered. It's just as easy as that. Subscribe to the Locked On. On today podcast wherever you get your podcast from yeah absolutely and it's i mean even the peter seidler is making comments about you know san diego eighth largest city population like we can afford this we can go for this we can be a big thing and i kind of believe that i kind of believe that part of it is them being like let's let's like you said go for it it's such a simple almost trite thing to say to describe how the padres are feeling right now but it's true they're just going for it and it's been really interesting to see you bring up kind of the expanded playoff rules and rules and expectations for this season. What are some, what is your kind of vibe about that? Cause it's obviously, I mean, we haven't even talked about this. Just it's been a, I mean, the Padres have been the happy side of great baseball fun news happening, right. On, on this mm-hmm. off season. Right. But in terms of other things, there's been a whole lot of controversies. I mean, basically starting from, you know, month and a half ago with Jared, Jared Porter, then you have Mickey Callaway, then you have just this week with Mathers of Seattle, 
Seattle. So it's it's funny that the Padres have been the great side of the offseason, while that's been the negative and all of these personal conduct things, as well as the clearly just fractured, contentious relationship between the MLB and MLBPA. What do you think or what is your kind of take on that? And also just what are some things you're going to be keeping an eye on, I guess, heading up into the season in terms of rules or just, I don't know, reports about teams uh, behind the scenes or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, look, baseball has a culture problem. Uh, it has an equity and inclusion problem that mm-hmm. is not going to be uh, that the Padres aren't immune from, I'm sure, but that they haven't stepped mm-hmm. in anything this year. Uh, so, yep. so good for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it has a, a very wide problem that it is not dealing with in an active enough way, I think, to, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing guy, you know, Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway kind of tip of the iceberg. This is who mm-hmm. has, it, it was bad enough that the media found out. It was bad enough that the teams, you know, encountered public shame and had to do something about but the you know the broader fight is going to be behind the scenes where you know the vast population of white guys i'm a white guy so that you know no (laughs) but you know the vast majority of the industry is this is you know people in a very privileged situation who we have to be the ones to actually do something before it becomes a topic of public shame for that to really change uh, and so that's going to be a long ongoing process that, uh, we need to have that reckoning. And if this is the beginning of it, then, you know, uh, it's unpleasant, but that's a, a thing that needs to happen. The, on the, uh, other fronts, you know, <laughs> I think we're obviously coming up to a labor, uh, war that will very likely end in a work stoppage. I don't really see a lot of ways around that aside from uh if both parties understand the potential damage that could do you know maybe you end up with a uh with something getting worked out but it it's you know it's hard to see there is MLB and the teams think they are doing smart efficient things and in a lot of ways for themselves they are but the players are just uh you know understandably frustrated by the lack of gains they're making uh you know mm-hmm. you see in the nba that they have a negotiated you know their their contracts are maybe not as lucrative as the best ones in mlb or uh not as guaranteed or anything you know things like that but the share of revenue has been made to be 50-50. That is, you know, the general mm-hmm. concept of the NBA's CBA and MLB players are watching as uh, the league adds revenue and announces new revenue records and their yep. salaries especially for the non-superstars are stagnating, the contracts are becoming l- shorter, the middle rung of players, especially veteran players, is getting to free agency, kind of the promised land, only to find that there's not much there, that the priority has been shifted back to younger players, which is, uh, you know, that, again, that's a logical thing. In the way the aging curve is working right now and the way that players are being developed, that is where a lot of the best talent is. But they ho- the owners in the league have also managed to negotiate, you know, a setup and in some cases manipulate the setup to where the players that are the best and most highly valued are not 
being paid uh, <laughs> to yeah. correspond with that. And that mm-hmm. is uh, something that the players are going to want to change. It's going to have mm-hmm. to change in some capacity for uh, the sport to continue on in the current form. And it's just going to be a painful part where we have to figure that out. And I think it's hard to miss that that is likely going to end in a labor stoppage, but uh mm. That's, you know, that's hanging over the season between that and the possible rule changes, the idea of rule changes that are still in Mm -hmm. or might be in all of that is, it feels like a transition. It feels like the sport is at a transition point where, you know, if you go to a, I don't know how nerdy everyone listening is, but if you, you know, are doing baseball reference play index or stat head play index searches Mm -hmm. and you go to the eras and it's got like, you know, dead ball era, live ball era, integration, Mm-hmm. uh expansion i i feel like in like 20 years this will be a new like 2020 will be the last year in an old era and will be you know you'll be clicking the you know post covid era or whatever mm-hmm. we call it uh i just think we're at that sort of inflection point where the the structure and a lot of the rules of the game are about to kind of correspondingly mm-hmm. change at the same time yeah, almost like a breaking point. I wonder, and it's it's funny that now we, we just went from talking about how great the Padres uh-huh. are and how exciting it is, and it's kind of in an unfortunate way happening right as the time all these issues are popping up, right? Whether it's just the fact that their best season in like 20 years was in a shortened season uh, last year at 60 games, although I personally would wager that there was something somewhat kind of fun in a mercurial like, you know, just novelty way, I should say, uh, about the 60-game season. Um but, you know, you have all these issues in that and the Padres are finally good. So we're going to see how that kind of pans out. I think the biggest one that people like talking about the most, I feel like, is the DH. Do you where do you see that? Do you have any like kind of inkling where you think that might be going personally? Because I don't I mean, personally, one of the things that I've been saying is like, I think it's going to take maybe two weeks of regular season action before every National League fan is like, oh, my God. Remember, we just got to see an actual batter instead of poor you Darvish is going to be going up here, you know, just, just like standing there terrified, like not going to be able to hit the ball, really. Um, what do you see on that front, uh, kind of if any type of progress is made? I don't think it's coming this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a product of the standoff with the labor mm-hmm. negotiations that nothing with that is going to happen in 2021. But I, I would be extremely surprised if the universal dh were not a part of the new collective collective bargaining agreement so Mm -hmm. i think uh you know enjoy your pitchers hitting while if for some reason you like that while you can (laughs) this year because i think that's about it that'll be the end of it that sounds about right and then that's not even mentioning the I mean, you alluded to just the the industry and its kind of diversity problems and stuff. And it's like we haven't even totally talked about we're, we're kind of like snowballing a little bit where it's like we haven't even talked about just the industry state of affairs. Kind of just like MM, the Hall of Fame voting was obviously a crazy thing this past year. And I mean, oh, my gosh, the discourse for next season, which is going to be I don't even know where to start. That's like. Zach, like I, I'm not going to get into that too much, but with a Rod being <laughs> eligible or T's being up there, I think I think it's the last year of Bonds' eligibility. Uh, correct me on that if I'm wrong. That's going to be just absolutely insane. So not only like while the Padres have been great, and I think they they're like the the silver lining of the league. I wish that they were just one of the positive, like flower, rosebud, whatever things, but instead they just happen to be one of the silver linings. I think. Uh, of baseball as a juxtaposed to 
Hall of Fame issues, industry issues, diversity issues, and this collective bargaining kind of agreement issues coming up at the DH and all that. Uh, before I let you go and stuff, do you have any final like takes uh, or any like opinions or predictions heading into this season or something that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, I wrote about this in a piece for Yahoo Sports recently, but I think one of the plot lines we're going to start, which is, and this is relevant to the Padres, but one of the plot lines we're going to start seeing is, you know, Mike Trout turns 30 this year, uh, Mm. 2020 counted as slippage in his particular case, Mm. which it was still very good, but, you know, counted as uh, a Mm -hmm. step back. And I think even if the handoff is not, right now and even if it's not this year which i don't really think it will be i think we're going to start seeing the derby uh for the best player in baseball again uh you know i think Mm -hmm. there's it's been just not even a conversation with of any realistic consequence since at least 2014 it's just been clearly trout the whole time and that it's not close uh i i think we're going to start seeing that the battle for that crown sort of pick up and obviously Mookie Betts is pole position and he's been the only person in Trout's stratosphere for uh, several years. But the, you know, the conversation for who's next, uh, it very well may be Mookie for some amount of time, but mm-hmm. you know, you do have Fernando Tatis Jr. Who could yes, be in that sir. conversation uh, probably want a little more track record for him before we feel super comfortable saying that. Um, Agreed. But I, Agreed. I think, Juan Soto has been mm-hmm. so potent offensively uh, and mm-hmm. 2020 was a hint at another step to where he could, uh, you, you know, he's, he basically looks like some sort of proto Barry Bonds at age 22. I saw Ted Williams comps like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking at him and, and of course you're looking at Ronald Acuna jr. Who's, um, mm-hmm. you know, got the, the troutish all around player uh, vibes that, you know, he stepped up and had a 400 on base percentage last year for the first time. So if he keeps taking steps forward, you know, you have a more traditional mold for the best player there. But uh, I, I just think that's a maybe not a, a super urgent thing that's about to happen. But I think that Derby is going to be interesting to watch because, uh, you know, one or two of those guys could really like Tatis was the breakout star last year. And uh, I think there's probably a special performance or more than one in that group that could really solidify that hold on who the next uh, kind of holder of that belt is. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to see. Yeah, it should be really interesting. Uh, Zach, this has been a really fun talk uh, and just, yeah, really fun talk. Uh, Everybody check out the baseball prospectus annual. And I know that's available for orders on digitally and all that stuff. So that should be, uh, you guys could probably find that. I'll link it in the description. But Zach, uh, any final things you want to plug or any, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, definitely go get the Baseball Prospectus Annual. It's terrific. Uh, you can also find me. I'm the baseball editor at Yahoo Sports. So uh, just read our MLB coverage at Yahoo Sports. And you can find me on Twitter at ZKreiser. So. Awesome. Uh, Zach, it's been a blast. And uh, take care, man. Thank you. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the final chat there with Zach Kreiser. And now we're going to talk about to the last part of this podcast. We're talking about spring training. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's no secret that, I mean, I think most MLB content media people, uh, at least not beat reporters, but like us folk, us media folk, you know, uh, here on Locked On, I think we're all f- fairly 
uh, transparent about the fact that we don't care that much about spring training. Or at least maybe, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it's just me that doesn't care about spring training. I often find it a bit tedious, a bit too much of a tease. But it is important in terms of a couple things, right? It's important in terms of just if you're one of those people who just really misses watching baseball, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I appreciate that you want to maybe see, you just want to see guys playing for the first time. I get that. Uh, and then in terms of just seeing who's going to make kind of the final roster spots, like we already know guys like Tatis, Machado, Grisham, Hassan Kim, you know, who just joined the team, Jerickson Profar, all those guys, like we know that they're going to be on the team, but then it comes to a point where who's going to make that final roster spot, who's going to make those final bench spots. That's what's important for spring training because that often determines it. But in terms of yesterday's game, guys, let's just get right into that. The Padres lost to the Seattle Mariners by a score of 5-4. to four. Adrian Morejon was our pitcher. And it's funny. So he was okay. He goes two innings. He gives up two hits and earned run on three walks and three strikeouts. So not the greatest amount of control, but that strikeout stuff is there. It's funny that Morejon, his number is his total number. Uh, you know, of a 4.66 ERA and 19 innings pitched really doesn't tell, in my opinion, the full story of his 2020, just because he got a lot better towards the end, uh, the final stretch there. And he became a guy that, you know, if he had pitched a little bit more, if the season was a little bit longer and he kept up with the current pace, he might be making for a spot. He might be vying for a final spot in the Padres rotation. And of course, also considering that they traded for two guys this offseason and Blake Snell and you Darvish, that's another thing that basically pushed out any possibility of Adrian Monahan kind of uh, being in the rotation. But you know, we'll still see. It's not impossible that something happens to Chris Paddock or any of these guys get hurt and he might have, might have to step up. But I really don't think that that tells the full story. What I'm interested in, the most when it comes to Adrian Monahone is the strikeout potential. He's he had 25 Ks last year in just 19.1 innings. That's pretty good. And he's also young. I think we forget he's still only just 22 years old. So there is still some potential upside with this guy. So I'm really curious to see uh, him in spring training to a degree and seeing if he can be that underrated type of guy in the bullpen. So I'm really I'm really hoping. I'm expecting some some decent things from him. I actually think he could be one of the sleepers on this team uh, to really help them get some extra wins this year. Another guy that pitched a bunch was Trip Taylor Williams, I mean. Uh, he was the guy that the Padres acquired back in August at the deadline from the Seattle Mariners in that Austin Nola trade. And he wasn't very good here. He went two innings, giving up four hits, three earned runs, two walks on three Ks. So not the best uh, showing from Taylor Williams. But really, I mean, look, guys, like I said, it is spring training. There's no need to, like, overreact and freak out. Um, but I think that the most exciting thing about today was how much of a a strong lineup it is from the first game. Uh, there was everybody was in the, the starting lineup, basically. We had Pham, we had Grisham, we had Myers, we had Tatis, we had Cronenworth, we had Machado, and we had Brian O'Grady, which was interesting, and Odohon on the mound. Hassan Kim played. We got to see him in action for once, which is uh, honestly, for me, that was the most exciting lineup thing that happened uh, for the first spring training game, and Nola behind the plate. Uh, by all accounts, you can go check out um, AJ Casvel. He wrote about it at MLB.com saying that uh, just a couple things that apparently uh, Hassan Kim, you know, two productive outs. They were line drives, making good contact, good barrel on the ball. And that's what's going to be interesting about Hassan Kim this year. He's probably not going to be the starter. I would say that's probably it's probably still going to be um, Jake Cronenworth uh, to start everything, considering his versatility. He's probably going to be the guy that plays the most between him, Profar, and Hassan Kim. But... When it comes to Kim, the big thing is going to be how quickly can he adjust to major league pitching, you know? And from what I've seen online, some people say, some people theorize that uh, the KBO league is equivalent to like high, you know, double A type of ball for major league baseball type level over here. 
so we'll see how quickly and hey if everything goes if this pretends of good things to come him making good contact with those first two things is great and I love how now I'm analyzing each at bat despite the fact that I started off by saying that I don't really care about string trading and it's not a good indicator of things and the reason for that a lot of times is because pitchers especially they're kind of experimenting with stuff I remember Paddock last year he threw his curveball a lot more he was testing that out uh, maybe through the cutter like once or twice, and then he didn't use it at all during the regular season. And an extreme example, I remember my side of Twitter was actually blowing up because uh, I think Garrett Cole gave up like two a grand slam and another home run in one of his outings, only went like one inning. And I'm like, guys, he's just experimenting with stuff. He'll be fine. And alas, he was fine. So it's it's very silly to overreact to things like that. I think we should learn that by now. Um, um, and another thing that Casfell wrote about was um, Jerkson Profar, who did not play in the game. He apparently had some type of a visa issue in terms of being to come over, but he did do some partake partake in some batting practices and live sessions and stuff. And by all accounts, since according to Casfell, it's clear that he was so excited to be there. Jace Tingler talked about it himself. So nice to be talking about Jace Tingler again, by the way. I don't know. I don't know why. Like I'm just so excited to just be like, ah, Jace Tingler. Remember that guy? Because you know. He's the manager of the team. It's not like he's making all the headlines this offseason. It was AJ Prower that was making all the uh, headlines. So that was really cool. Uh, Jorge Onya and Will Myers are two guys that hit home runs in this game. Love to see it from Myers. Love to see it from Jorge Onya, who actually, in like the, his first game that he played, uh, had a home run for us last season during the regular season when he had to come, uh, come up and fill in. And Myers, hey, I've talked about it before. Myers, if he can step up and be that, you know... If he can be what he was last year, even if not to the totality of it, if he can be a 270, 340 guy with like, if he keeps his home run pace from last year, like 30 home runs, then that'll make up for his deficiencies in the outfield and make him a quality player instead of kind of the the liability that he's been for the Padres the past few years. And I'm really rooting for him because he's a fun player to watch, honestly. Just a uh, complete heel turn for Padres fans, I think, myself included, uh, for being this likable, kind of affable sort of personality to a degree, just the laid-back goofball or whatever that people like joking about and stuff all the time. Uh, but he actually had a really productive year, so hopefully he's able to continue that. I'm um, going to be seeing rest of spring training, I think I'm really curious to see, uh, with Brian O'Grady starting today, between him, Luis Campizana, Jorge Mateo, and Jorge Onya, who played today. Uh, going to be interesting to see... Um, who who gets those last roster spots, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to follow along. And definitely, I think those are some of the four guys that I will be um, talking about, hopefully, in every little spring training recap session that I do on the pod, uh, because I think it'll be, those are the two of the most significant. And hey, in fairness, you never know. I mean, last year, Mateo was supposed to make the roster, and because he got COVID, it ended up making room for who? Jake Cronenworth. So these things, they might end up mattering, like whoever makes the roster. So that's that is kind of interesting. So you have to take spring training with a grain of salt, but it's not completely useless. It's completely useless depending on what you use it for. No, if Myers is batting 100 through the preseason or in spring training, I don't care. If Manny, but Manny Machado was batting like 170 last year in spring training. And what did he do? He ended up being one of the front runners for the MVP in the NL last year. So that's really what it is on that. Uh, before we wind down on the podcast, guys, I want to quickly talk to you about 
Locked On MLB. It is one of the great podcasts. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please, please, guys, call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for baseball uh, daily talk. It's really great. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of this podcast, tomorrow, guys, Guys, I believe I am going to do the first. This is this is going to be a fun thing. I'm going to start my two-part series, my 10 questions heading into the 2021 Padres season. And, of course, recapping the spring training game. Still got a chat with Stacey Gatsoulias of Lockdown Yankees in the bank. That'll be really fun discussing my origins as, honestly, a baseball fan and why I grew to love Brett Gardner, what that said about my personality and uh, the type of players that I end up being attracted to. And then on Wednesday, got a crossover with Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers. It'll be division day here on the network really fun uh, initiative you're gonna see it all over social media it's gonna be a blast uh but yeah with that all being said guys that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the padres themselves remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from stitcher spotify apple podcast google podcast himalaya overcast stitcher wherever wherever check it out uh you'll find it uh while you're at it um give me some five-star reviews on apple Podcasts. that would be greatly appreciated but until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.